<laughs> All right. Y'all ready? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm going to do my um, my intro. Okay. Try really hard not to laugh at do me. Do the theme song? Is there a theme song? There is a theme song, but it's on, like on there. I'm not going to sing it You're for you. You're not going to sing it? No. That's I could try, though. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to Less Lonely, More Loved, a podcast of the Young Adult Ministry here at St. Mark United Methodist Church of Atlanta, where we are ordinary people exploring our queries of faith. Today, we are continuing in our Advent series talking about peace, and I'm really, really, really excited to be here with Anna and Erin. Welcome, you guys. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having Thank us. <laughs> so um, you guys can introduce yourselves to the podcast people, the faceless void of the microphone. Well, I'm Anna. I uh, am in graduate school at Georgia State. Moved to Atlanta about a year and a half ago for that. Um, after going through many areas of Texas and Virginia, um, and in Texas, I grew up in the church. My mom was a minister at a Baptist church, and have been kind of looking around since then, really just trying to find what faith looks like in adulthood. My name is Aaron. I am a teacher in Cobb County, sixth grade. Social studies. It's a great time. Love middle school. Uh, I'm from Virginia, and I also grew up Baptist, so my most of my childhood I went to the same very tiny, very rural Appalachia Baptist church, uh, but now am going to St. Mark. Atlanta. I love it. I love it. And you all moved here to Atlanta, like, in the middle of quarantine, like, yes. post-March of 2020 pre-vaccine, yes. mm-hmm. nothing is open, Yes, there is no toilet paper, there is no hand sanitizer, we wish you good luck, like Hunger Games style Atlanta situation. That's when you all arrived here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. That's been a time. Yes, it has. Atlanta has a lot of beautiful outdoor spaces. It wasn't as bad as, as we were, like school was terrible for me because it was virtual school right. and half the kids don't have internet or computers. And so the whole thing is just a mess. Uh, but in terms of just moving to Atlanta in general, it was actually nice. Like I don't like indoor crowded spaces anyways, you know, a place like that. So, so it sort of worked for you. It did work. Minus well. the like... I see half of my students on Zoom and half of their ceiling fans moving at various speeds. (laughs) Right, right. Unmute yourself. Very common, very common phrase. Right. (laughs) Please turn your camera on. Yeah. Please turn your microphone off. (laughs) What a fun time to be a sixth grade teacher. I think all times are probably a fun time to be a sixth grade teacher. Although I would rather do that than hybrid. Hybrid was really, really bad. Like virtual teaching in general, you can do lots of things to try and make it work and right. for some kids it's just not going to work because they're not able or they're not in an environment where they're in front of a computer and able to do that but hybrid is just there's just no way that you can do both at the same time because yeah. i would have like kids on zoom and kids in person in the same classroom at the same time and there's just no way there's no way because you can't be 100 percent in front of the zoom screen and 100 percent in your classroom there's just no way right it's essentially like planning for two it would be like teaching world history and world geography at the same time in the same room Wow. Yeah. All right. So what we've learned here is that all teachers who taught in pandemic 
hybrid or virtually are the saints who walk among us, <laughs> we will look to the Catholic Church to uh, patronize you <laughs> at, any, nice. at or, any moment. Or you could ask for a raise. That, that would be nice, too. We will, um, we will ask Uncle Sam if he has any more pennies <laughs> that he could throw to public education um, because... We all know that teachers are not paid enough <laughs> for the work nice. that you have done. It would be nice. <laughs> especially in pandemic. Yeah. Wow. Anna, you're in grad school. Mm-hmm. What are you studying? I am studying, uh, I'm in a neuroscience program. I am in a lab that studies um, context processing. So okay. How we understand the world um, and how that relates to schizophrenia. That sounds really cool. And also very specific. It, it is very specific, <laughs> yes. Um, you know, but that is the nature of science. You just really focus in on, like, one tiny molecule, and that becomes your life. So, <laughs> I love that. But you enjoy it. <laughs> I do. I do. I think it's a, a really great time to, I mean, maybe pandemic aside, <laughs> a great time to be in science and learning all of the things that I get to learn. So I'm yeah. very thankful for the opportunity. What sort of like, I guess what I, hmm, how do I want to ask this question? Cause I'm like very curious about what you do in like a lab <laughs> that says schizophrenia, but like, do you, is it a lot of like scans? Is mm. it chemistry? Yeah, so I don't work with people. Okay. Well, I mostly don't work with people. Right. I work mostly with mice. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's a little bit of like everything. So we use, um, like electrophysiological techniques. So have you ever heard of like an EEG? Yes. Basically we do that with humans and mice. Okay. Um, so are you like cross-referencing what happens with your mice with bit, what yeah. happens with people? A little bit, yeah. How do you know if the mice have schizophrenia? Um, well, mice can't have schizophrenia. So you, you just generally assume that they don't. Okay. Um, at least in the way that we think of schizophrenia. Sure. Which is just like a collection of things. Um, but you can change their genes to certain mutations that are observed in people with schizophrenia and see what changes that makes molecularly and in the brain and see what happens there. That's like really fascinating. Yeah. I love that. That's amazing. Well, continue on the very good work. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So on this podcast here, now that we have acquainted ourselves, we are talking about Advent, the season that leads up to Christmas. And Advent is meant to sort of be a season of contemplation. Some might even say sadness. I would prefer perhaps reflection. Um, But in the season of Advent, we are sort of isolated within the four walls of the church. And outside the four walls of the church is Christmas, is like jingle all the way, is all of this sort of like Santa and his reindeer, which we're all about. Um, and, but, but much more focused on sort of like the merriment of Christmas. And so because we are people who live in society, we sort of exist in this one foot in the church, one foot in the world. It is like fully blown Christmas out here. And in here we're like, Jesus hasn't been born just yet. So my question sort of bridging the gap here is what is like your essential Christmas thing? It doesn't feel like Christmas until blank. My family always did Advent Grow, growing up. Like we would have one di- or one like evening where we would like 
light a candle and sit. And when I was little, I was like, God, I hate this. Like, I don't want to be like, why right. do I want to sit here with my family while we, <laughs> I don't know, do this thing. But now, now that like whenever I go home and we do Advent, that's like, to me has been, because we've done it every single time. Like my mom is like, we're going to do Advent. It's going to happen. Every opportunity we have, we're going to do Advent. So um, when, I, when I was growing up, that was like one of the major, major parts of Christmas. And then obviously we have like, the Christmas traditions of like the gift opening and the stockings and stuff like that. But I think of Advent or I think of like our family Advent time mostly as yeah. like one of the things that's like the real indicator for, um, for Christmas. That's so sweet. I love that. I'm going to give another answer for him because I think that candy canes are like, Oh, also candy canes. Aaron's yeah. number one. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it is, Mm-hmm. Like a little bit cold outside, I need a candy cane. Yeah, and Darlene loves or Darlene. Darlene loves. Yeah, Darlene Christmas loves Christmas baby. Please come home. Those are the two big things for me. Okay. Candy canes, Christmas baby. Please come home. Advent time with my family. I'm into that. So <laughs> In I have, that order. So I have like a very important candy cane question because I think that mm. um, there are a lot of things that we can stake some really major hold on. Are you a traditional like a traditional candy cane? Only peppermint. So no like Jolly Rancher Mm -hmm. watermelon candy cane, like in the shape of a candy cane. Mm -mm. No like chocolate peppermint. Mm -mm. Nope, heresy. (laughs) Candy (laughs) canes were intended. They are red and white. They are peppermint. That is it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So follow up question: How do you feel about the candy canes that don't have a hook in them when they're just Mm, the stick? Also don't count. Also don't count. Not a candy cane. No, I'll tolerate the little candy canes, like at a dentist office or something. Like the mini ones, right? The tiny. Not that I really go to the dentist, (laughs) but I'll tolerate the little ones if they're free. But. For me to have a full candy cane experience, it has to be the big ones. It has to be mm-hmm. red and white striped, yeah. shrink wrapped in plastic that is absolutely impossible Correct. to get off of and the candy if cane. There is, if there is air, like space bubbles in the wrapping of the candy cane, it's not going to be a good candy cane. It needs to be like tightly wrapped. Tightly wrapped. Yeah. Just absolutely impossible to get a hold of. Mm-hmm. I'm here for that. Okay. Well, now um, there's there are things to argue on because I would say <laughs> that Jolly Rancher makes a mean candy cane in like cherry watermelon like swirl. Just eat a Jolly that, Rancher. Just eat a regular Jolly Rancher. But why would the, I? That's what you want. But a Jolly Rancher is like the size of my thumbnail, and a eat Jolly Rancher candy cane. <laughs> but I'm only having one still, so I'm like I'm <laughs> fooling myself Ooh. into this like I'm only having one piece of candy, even though a normal Jolly Rancher is you know very small, and this candy cane is. Probably at least eight times the size of a normal Jolly Rancher. If that makes you happy, I'll, 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 allow, it. I'll, I'll allow it to happen. Excellent. I appreciate yeah. that. I appreciate that that permission giving. Mm-hmm. What about for you, Anna? What is like your essential Christmas time? It doesn't feel like Christmas until blank. Mm. So I grew up in Texas, where it was usually not cold at Christmas. So really, nothing about the weather hints Christmas to me. Um, so I would have to say it has a lot more to do with like. Christmas music, um, hot chocolate. I love hot chocolate. Um, but my all-time favorite Christmas song, and this is like a thing between like me and my mom that we listen to every year, um, is and I'm not like a huge like country music person, but Garth Brooks' song, <laughs> "Baby Jesus Is Born." Everyone should look it up. It is just a great song. It brings back a lot of like nostalgia for me, and that song like really. 
Like, I, I genuinely, like, I'm like, it's not Christmas until I've listened to this song. Until Garth Brooks has heralded the season. <laughs> exactly. With Baby Jesus is, was Baby Jesus born? Baby Jesus is born. Baby Jesus, all right. So Garth Brooks rings in the season. Yeah. It's a, it's a little, like, Talladega Nights, like, whenever you're, like, addressing, like, kind of Baby Jesus in the prayer. Like, that is, that is kind of what the song feels like, and I love it. That feels like a very, um, like, a very Texas family yes. tradition. Like, Garth Brooks <laughs> and Texas, like, it just kind of all feels like it's wrapped up in a nice little bow for you there. Yes. That's yes. glorious. Very I love it. Well. I think that my partner Lauren would probably Mariah say, Carey. "Okay, Christmas. listen now, Mariah Carey." I would be like, <laughs> "I understand. She is a legend. She is yeah. the queen. She can hit those like really high. What are they like C's or A's or I don't know something really high. Something really high." I only know based on School of Rock when he says she can hit. Do you know School of Rock? Yes, of course. Okay, Jack sorry. Black. I didn't yes, see of course. Your, your facial reaction. What does he say? he says to the girl? She can hit a an A minor out of a it was something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what music. Like no, no. Neither do I. It is a joyful noise unto the Lord, but there that is go. about all I have to give. <laughs> that was my favorite. Was I like we did? There were no programs up because we were late, but we were logging in. Uh, oh, so we were like trying. Like, you you got to start way too on time. I never start on time. No, that makes sense. <laughs> um, but eleven fifteen is our start time. Yeah. <laughs> like. But we kept having to like ask people around this, like for what it was. And so, so Aaron like saw what paper, but they didn't, we didn't know which of the two. <laughs> and Aaron goes, Aaron's like, I don't know which one it is. And I was like, pointed to the Joseph one because because about Joseph, yeah, about yeah, Joseph, right? Um, and he's like, and he was like, could you tell that just from like the music that's playing? And I was like, no, it says. Joseph. I thought you could do it based on. But the I just thought it was really funny. He was like, can you just like tell? He's like, do you was just, it just know? me though, or is that him incredibly hard to sing? <laughs> I was struggling the one that, so hard. The today. one that's in the little black book, the one that's in the faith we sing. Yeah, yeah, that one's new. It's okay. Like it's so hard. I feel like, but I feel like I feel like the first time. I feel like the first time that anybody heard like "O Come, O Come, Emmanuel," people yeah. were like, "What is this?" So and hard. now we're like, "It's a Christmas deal." I sing about Jesus coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, it's so good. I also love "People Look East." It's another one of my favorites. I did like that. That one was hard too. I uh, went to like a non-denominational church for a long time. um, And there were some songs that were like, probably like very questionable by way of theology, but also very questionable by way of just like somebody wrote this and thought, this is good. <laughs> I should share this, like, this with is this other like people. like on a PowerPoint? Like, is that? Yeah. Okay. That's, I was oh, just yeah. getting the visual. And this is one of the songs that I remember the best. There were a lot of them. <laughs> there were a lot of them. But one of them was definitely called Dropkick Me Jesus Through the Goalpost of Life. Oh, I've heard that song before. Have you really? Yeah. I, like. Yeah. I've never heard of this. It's like a the very. Church, church camp. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It felt very church campy. <laughs> like, there was like a little, like, kind of like twangy guitar situation. It felt. <laughs> Strange. I was like, I don't really think I drop want Jesus me. to drop kick me anywhere. I don't want anyone <laughs> to drop kick me. <laughs> right. I no, thank you. I also yeah, theologically, like I have some questions. Right. Like, I don't know. I don't know how we feel about Jesus drop kicking anyone. Um, but through the goalpost of life. So as we sort of are, are journeying through Advent, there is a lot of merriment, right? What are the things about the season that you both really love? I mean, I'm a teacher, so I get like three weeks off from <laughs> school. And so there's just a lot of time that I get to be yes. like in my in my home, you know, doing the things that, that I want to do with my family and stuff. So I think just the general, just the overall amount of time um, that is like designated for like people aren't expecting you to do a lot of things <laughs> generally. So, stuff. yeah, that just having, having that time set aside is always really good. 
Yeah, I don't get three weeks off. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I really like just like all of the little touches. And like, I feel like there's almost, I mean, it's like a tangible like change in feelings, I think, and like just the community broadly. Yeah. Where I think that you get this like warm, fuzzy feeling and you get to drive through. I love going through to see uh, Christmas lights and just, you know, getting to make hot chocolate and getting to be with family and getting to um, really kind of like take some amount of intentional time to like celebrate and have the hope and the joy and the peace and the love and, you know, get to like focus on each of those things. I really appreciate whether or not it's executed exactly as I would like every year is another topic, but that's that's what I love about this season. Yeah, I totally agree with you guys. It's, you know, there I, I can't resonate with the time off of work piece because I do work on Christmas Eve up until <laughs> usually into Christmas morning, but um, I totally can appreciate the, like, you have to wake up at a very early hour <laughs> on a regular basis and are grading papers and doing the things so I love the time off for you and I love the whole just like the decor and everything sort of gets cozy and I think people maybe get a little bit nicer mm-hmm. <laughs> which is always nice yeah. if you say Merry Christmas no one can be mad at you, you right know, in, yeah. Yeah. and I'm someone who loves to just kind of like be in conversation with people that I meet and like the holidays are such a good conversation starter <laughs> absolutely absolutely because you can uh, there's always a christmas sweater that somebody's like great aunt gave them for their like 12th birthday that they've had for 20 years and every year they put it on to go shopping at macy's the day after thanksgiving <laughs> like it's always a thing so yes christmas time is also really good people watching time mm, yes what about something that you feel like is hard about this season if there is anything maybe there's not I think in general, there's a lot of like, there are a lot of things that I want to do over Christmas. And so when I have like, I have all that time and then I'm like lazy for like a week and then I'm like, gosh, like there were so many things that I wanted to do during Christmas or over the break and like gifts that I want to get for people. But then I don't want to like, I also don't want to participate in like all the like commercial, you know, aspects of whatever. So I want to take my little moral stand and say like, I'm not just going to spend hundreds of dollars just to, just to do it. But I also want to get gifts for people. Like I want to spend time with my family. I want to spend time with Anna's family. So just like balancing all those things that you want to do because it is such a fun time, I think is one of the, one of the harder parts. I know that seems like a a good problem to have, but it's, yeah. Yeah. I would agree. I think that for me, one of the hardest parts is, having expectations for the holiday season that are not met. And so I'm like, I'm going to do this and this and this, and I'm going to get these people all of these gifts, and I'm going to hand make a blanket and, you know, (laughs) three sweaters, and that's what I'm going to get people for Christmas. And then, like, for me, for the last, you know, 10 years, I've had final exams around the holiday season. I've, like, always managed to kind of, like, build up all of these things that I want to do and then find myself really frustrated and like at some points angry that I just like can't do everything that I want to do because I've built up these like expectations for myself about what I want to do for myself and others. So it's really tough to sort of reject capitalism around the holidays and consumerism because it is so in your face. And I think that I, the, I mean, the reason that like capitalism works is it's like we tie our like love or mm-hmm. our commitment mm-hmm. to people to giving them presents. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like that can be really tough to mm-hmm. 
sort of stand in the midst of and be like, this is not what I want this to be about. Mm-hmm. But it also can lead to like disappointments or frustrations, right. and but it's also kind of fun, right? Like, oh, I can get this. I'll get this right. thing for them. That'll be so fun. Amazon, like, Amazon's two day shipping is like right. the most convenient for Christmas, and also like there's nothing that I really like about Amazon apart from the fact that you can get things in two days. In two days, <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. Right? Listen, Jeffrey Bezos did not create an empire that didn't work for a reason. Right. Like Amazon <laughs> works for a yeah. good reason. Yeah. But it is really, it is sort of amazing, especially in pandemic. I feel like everybody who makes anything figured out how to put their products online. Mm-hmm. So you literally can get anything. Yes. It can make gift giving sort of a wild experience because mm-hmm. you can literally find right. something oh, yeah. super personalized, mm-hmm. super niche yes. for anybody that you know. Mm-hmm. And it can arrive to you in like two business days. Free shipping. Insane. How? Insane. Poorly paid laborers. But that is beside the point. (laughs) Yes. Um, So sort of shifting our gears just like a little bit. We're talking about peace. It's Advent. It's week of peace. Um, Not that, you know, we very like stamp. This is all we talk about Mm -hmm. for this whole week is peace. But what is your perspective on peace this season? Or is your perspective on peace different in this season? I love the first, or really just the idea of like, you know, God's peace is a peace that transcends understanding. Um, I think as somebody who really likes to understand things, like it is a very comforting thought. Um, and also thinking like relative relative to other seasons, um, like this time last year for me, um, my grandfather had just passed and my sister had just been hospitalized for like a week. And so it was a really hard time to come back to Atlanta right after Thanksgiving and be away from my family for, um, you know, a couple of weeks and then like kind of anticipating this return. It was a very unpeaceful time for me. And so I think being able to like, be like, this like doesn't make any sense and I'm really struggling with this, um, is, is kind of what I think of as, as peace, um, in like a very roundabout way, I suppose. Um, and it definitely didn't feel like that all of the time. But that's something I'm really thankful this year for is like peace is like a really important part of this season. And I really, uh, really value that this is something that we do not just spend one week on, but but kind of gets its own amount of time uh, during the Advent season. So absolutely. I think for I think a lot of times we keep like peace and happiness it's like we use them interchangeably, right. and that's not really the idea of peace, I, I think. Like a lot of times, things that I would want to do over the holiday season that would make me happy are not necessarily the things that will make me peaceful. Like I could spend the whole holiday season, I don't know, by myself watching Netflix. I would be totally happy, but then I felt like, man, I just like wasted, <laughs> like wasted the entire you know opportunity to be with my family and to do all those other things that I didn't want to do. Uh, like even in my classroom with my kids, like I don't want my kids to be happy. Like that's not the goal it's for them to be happy because if if I just tried to make them happy, I would just give them candy and let them watch a movie instead of actually do the things that we that we need to do. Um, so thinking of peace over the holidays, um, not that there's things that I do over the holidays that I don't want to do because I want to do all these different things, um, but trying to find what things will make me the most at peace and in order for me to be the most at peace I want others who are close to me that I care about to also be at peace so finding ways to make all of that happen is you know 
like there's there's just a lot a lot to do. There's yeah. a lot of a lot of ways to do that. Absolutely. Well, um, since both of your families live far away, I think there's a lot of comfort that comes in being in the presence of people that you love. Mm-hmm. And I think that that can bring about even though sometimes like you have family dynamics that are more complicated or difficult. I think that being together can create a sense of comfort and a sense of peace. Mm-hmm. And that can be really beautiful in this holiday mm-hmm. season, especially like you were talking about Anna last year when it didn't feel peaceful, that there's something to be said for even in discomfort or grief, just the comfort of being in one another's presence and having to leave that can be really tough. So in Advent, we're talking about the season of anticipation, right? We're anticipating the birth of Jesus, which can be a little strange. We talked about this last week on the podcast, like the idea that we're always talking about Jesus. And then we get to Advent, which is the beginning of our liturgical year. And we're like, oh, now we're waiting for Jesus to be born. He's back in the belly, (laughs) back in the womb. Um, But what is something that you were waiting on this time last year that you aren't waiting on anymore, if anything? Okay, so I'll I'll kind of tie back into my tying back into my earlier point. Like I would say, one of the big things that I was waiting on was to be back with um, my family, Um, and I think that in addition to that, like we were kind of all waiting for a vaccine, and we were all waiting for like what what a new presidency would look like, what a you know new whole new year going into, you know, like pandemic year two would look like. Um, and I think, you know, on top of that, like, you know, personally, like my, my grandfather had passed away from COVID. And so like in that way, like it was a very, um, you know, very much like I want, <laughs> want this to be over. And so I feel like this year, even though I don't have this, I mean, you know, we don't have this, like everything's back to normal. Um, I think I have a new sense of peace about it. Um, because I've like come to understand like what I can do, what's in my control. Um, and like what we like as a community can be doing to support one another. And that for me is, is a good source of, of peace and something that I've, feel like is a little bit less of like an anxiety producing weight uh, as it was last year. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would say maybe waiting on some stability, but like you really never realize that your life is going well until something happens. You're like, oh man, this is like back in those old days, you know, whatever, everything. But things are going really well right now. Like school is going really well. My students are doing very well this year. Just family wise, things are, things are good. And um, last year, it's not that all of those things were terrible, but there were, there was a lot more crazy things going on in the world, at school, in hybrid teaching, yeah, everything like that really was um, kind of a mess and being new to Atlanta and all that stuff makes it even more, more of a mess. Like we didn't really have too much of a community in Atlanta at that point. Uh, Maybe not just because of COVID, but just, just in general, didn't know as many people as we do now or we're as comfortable with as many people as we're comfortable with now. Um, So, but even looking back at that moment, I don't think I was waiting on that to happen. But now that I'm a year advanced from that, I'm like, oh, maybe I was waiting on, on, you know, Mm -hmm. on it to be a more, Mm-hmm. stable, comfortable, you know. Yeah. Sort of yeah. waiting Peaceful. on... That's the word I was looking for. Peaceful <laughs> place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something that just feels a little bit more secure or established. Mm-hmm. For sure. Oh. So finally, my final question here today is the name of this podcast is Less Lonely, More Loved. The idea being that 
the love of God when put into community makes us feel less lonely and more loved. And so what is something for you personally that makes you feel less lonely and more loved? I think I have someone who likes to spend time by myself, especially in comparison to Anna, because Anna, like, don't let me speak for you, would be totally happy to spend almost every waking hour with other people almost at all times. Whereas I am happy to do those things, but my like default that I revert back to is like, okay, I'm gonna go home, I'm gonna, I don't know, I'm gonna do laundry, <laughs> cook a meal for myself, you know, things like that. And, and while that is is really good, like at the end I am ready to be back with, with people again, which I think is healthy. At least I'm justifying it for myself as a healthy thing to, as a healthy cycle um, to be a part of. Yeah. Uh, but like realizing that like I do need people around me and realizing that the relationships I do have and, you know, the, the ones that are, are really good and do make me feel very, very warm and uh, welcome are the ones that I like return to after I've had my time <laughs> where I could, you know, de- detox, I guess, or be by myself. Um, would be would would fit with the the title yeah absolutely yeah I think um for me I yeah I do love spending time with people and being in community um one of the things specifically especially if I'm like really either like caught up with schoolwork or just have felt really really busy something that makes me like kind of take a take a step back is doing some kind of um, volunteer work a lot of times um I've gotten involved in the past couple of months with um, an organization called the Free 99 Fridges. Um, so there are uh, community fridges around Atlanta. Um, and so getting to stop by there and, and drop off food, you know, a couple of times a week definitely really makes me like, um, it, it's one of the, the situations that I think makes me feel more loved by like kind of showing love in that sense where like, you know, whenever you give, you kind of receive more back um, because it really is incredible to see like the community of people that both, you know, are, are contributing their time and their efforts and their cooking talent, which I have none of. Um, Aaron does a lot of cooking in the, um, for the fridges. I do much less. Um, but it, it's incredible to see all of those people coming together um, and just sharing that love, um, especially whenever some of, I mean, the fridges are open to literally anyone for any, any reason. Um, but I think, uh, there, there's one man that I, uh, have met a few times and, and he really talks about how, you know, part of the power of the fridges is the community, um, and, you know, making people feel welcome and, and loved. So I, I really like that a lot. I love that. I am familiar with the Free 99 Fridges, and I think the coolest part about them is that there is just so much generosity of spirit that goes into just cooking meals or buying produce and sticking these things in these fridges with no expectation or anticipation of return. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is such a beautiful gift to be like, you don't necessarily see the person who's going to come by the fridge later and pick up this meal for themselves or for their family but there is a a knowledge of like the humility of the gift and I love that about the free 99 fridges and I wish there were more of them well number one I wish that we operated in a society where nobody dealt did without right um but because we do operate in this sort of broken society where people deal do with do without I think that the free 99 fridges are a really beautiful way that lots of people can give back. And I love that the fridges have no 
they have no like religious affiliation. They have no, like, you don't have to sit through a service or pray a prayer or like visit with a person to get a meal and to have your need met just purely out of the desire to have your need met is so beautiful. And I really believe that the peace of God mm-hmm. is in that. I agree. Well, thank you all very much for being here and for joining us. Thank you, Jess. Thank and you. I hope that everyone who's listening gets a proper candy cane and a warm cup of cocoa and enjoys time with your family, your friends, or enjoy yourself. And I hope that that makes you feel filled with peace and makes you feel less lonely and more loved. We'll see you next time. Cue theme song. (laughs) This podcast is a production of the Young Adult Ministry and the Communications Ministry at St. Mark United Methodist Church of Atlanta. The views and opinions expressed here on this podcast are ours and not necessarily those of St. Mark United Methodist Church or its ministries. We operate under an Adobe standard license for all music and sound included on this podcast. To find out more about who we are and what we believe, head to our website at stmarkumc.org. That's stmarkumc.org. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at stmarkumcatl and on YouTube at stmarkumcatlanta. Episodes of Less Lonely, More Loved will be released every Tuesday and Friday during Advent and will be available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Podbean, and more. If you enjoy the podcast, or even if you don't, we would love to hear your thoughts, questions, and comments. Send all emails to mcesari at stmarkumc.org. That's M as in Mary, C-E-S-A-R-I at S-T-M-A-R-K-U-M-C dot org. We hope you will continue to engage with us, either in person or in one of our many virtual spaces. As always, all are welcome. Welcome.